Life with Glenn Curry. What do you think this is? The army where you shoot them a mile away? You gotta get up close like this. Bada bing! You blow their brains all over your nice Ivy League suit. Good will, I'm kidding. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it. Know it. Live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. Are you a pothead fucker? This is Live at Five, Live at Five, Live at Five. Uh, and I'll let you know right now, I just read this on News Junkie, that actor Ryan O'Neill has passed away at age 82. Paper Moon, uh, Tatum O'Neill, his daughter, he was married to Farrah Fawcett Majors, who died at age 66 some time ago. What are you doing? Someone of a torrid life, good-looking dude, great actor. I loved him in uh, in Paper Moon, an underrated movie, clearly underrated. Uh, but he has passed at 82. A lot of, geez, it's, it's that time of year again. December is the end of the line. I spoke to someone at a funeral home, a well-known guy. Uh, he had a lot to do with, well, he's not, he's not in that business anymore. He's in the uh, philanthropic business, if I'm not mistaken. He's an all-around good guy. But he was in the, uh, and you know him, he's a, we'll call him the statue guy. Uh, an astute man in the, in the, in the community, uh, kind of t- he has a low profile. Doesn't want a statue of himself. He, he, he was just extremely adamant about that. But nonetheless, he said it, this time of year, the holidays, um, for whichever reason, is the time where there's a lot of deaths. And, you know, typically older people, and I don't know if, if, if it's a combination of depression or people feeling lonely, which is awful, by the way. Billy Graham talked about that at length years ago in front of thousands of people. Loneliness. And it sucks. You see, you know, you hear the stories of people in old age homes just basically dying with, with, with really no visitation or, at all. And that's, that's so, so, so mean. Can't wait till I fit that motif one day. No, just kidding. Hope not. I really do. But uh, Ryan O'Neill, 82. I, I look at that. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Look, I want to live for as long as I can. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. I don't want to die. That sounds like a, a, 40, a 1940 song. Everybody wants to go to heaven. <clears throat> Sorry, a little porky and best there. But anyway, uh, he was good in that. Good looking, I mentioned. He was, you know, he had a, a, you know, he got in trouble here and there. Made some lousy movies. But, um, and of course, his son, the son that he had rather with uh, Farrah Fawcett, he, he was no angel by any means. So uh, if you have any comments about, uh, I'm sure our, our, our movie guy might chime in. I'm getting all types of texts. Am I missing something? Is there a bigger story than Ryan, O'Ne- Ryan O'Neill's passing? Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I texted my brothers because we're on a you know group text here. I said, Ryan O'Neill died at 82. We, we have this game whenever someone dies, who is the first one to, you know, to report it by way of text? So my brother Kevin says, wow, I hate to bring this up, but he had a nasty reputation, especially with Farah and his daughter. Well, this, this, those are kind words for a dead man. 
All right, let's go to the... <laughs> Steve, he's, he's still warm, and he's, he's already being insulted. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn, Mike Schwartz, how you doing? Uh, and of course, that Dr. Mike Schwartz. I, I'm sorry, I just had to announce that... Uh, um, and I don't know if this is from the, from the vaccination, Michael. Uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz here, who wrote Fauci's Fiction. And I'm so sorry, I got mixed up. I was prepared for you, but I just read that Ryan O'Neill died at 82 years old. I heard you say that on the air, yeah. That was, was he married to Farrah Fawcett? Yeah, married to Farrah Fawcett. They had a kid uh, almost as bad as Hunter Biden. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, and, and she died of cancer some time ago at age 66, if I'm not mistaken, Michael. But anyway, that's the big news today, other than the fact that yesterday I spoke with Congresswoman uh, 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 Claudia Tenney, and today I speak to uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz, who's got something earth-shaking here. And first of all, let me just set this up, Mike. You, um, you, you got a lot of regards to the latest, uh, we can't call it a virus, but you got a lot of calls from radio stations, TV stations, down there in Philly and throughout the country who want your advice, who want to speak to you about this new pneumonia. I don't know if I'm calling it right. I looked it up earlier, Michael. But uh, uh, this the timing here is impeccable, only because we learned about COVID-19 at the latter months of the latter part of uh, 2019 prior to an election year. And it looks like the same thing's happening right now, Michael. Is that the case? Yeah, and I don't think this one's going to blow up. At first, it's a bacteria, okay? And it's a very common bacteria. We've been testing for it and and diagnosing it for years. It's a macrolide-resistant mycoplasma pneumonia, or M pneumonia. It's an intracellular bacteria. The one thing you need to know about it is it's resistant to azithromycin, and that's the most common antibiotic that is given to kids. Uh, It is very treatable, though, uh, with levofloxacin or doxycycline. Uh, you can use tetracyclines or fluoroquinolones for it, and it, it, it clears up quite readily. I think what people are concerned about is that obviously they hear kids, and that freaks everybody out. Right. And everybody's talking about the white lung syndrome. Mm-hmm. But you're going to get white, uh, whited out uh, uh, x-rays when you have pneumonia, whether it's singular or bilateral. When fluid starts settling in your lungs, that's what's going to show up is, is that white lung, and that's what people are freaking out about. I think the biggest thing, Glenn, that everybody should know about this is, is number one, don't panic. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, number two, it's not novel. And number three, we really, this is where the, I hate to bring it up again, this is where the book comes in. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to properly test and going somebody going to somebody who knows what they're doing becomes very important. Because when you go to a pediatrician's office or a primary care's office that's not properly testing, they're doing a rapid flu, a rapid strep, maybe a rapid COVID, and then the rest of the time they're just guessing. Go to somebody who's doing a respiratory pathogen panel, identifying what it is, uh, or multiple things, if it's multiple things, and treat it appropriately. It's really not that big of a deal. But, yeah, you're right. We're coming up on election season, so the next thing you know, it's, it's mayhem all over again. Well, you know, one thing that I get disturbed with, and, and some might look at this as xenophobic in nature, but, it, but this, stra- this bacteria has come from China. Am I correct, Mike? Well, the bacteria is everywhere. I mean, the bacteria is here in America. I mean, now we have cases here. You're just getting pockets of it in China, which is causing hospitalizations. At least that's what they're reporting out in China. Um, this isn't something that's new to M, 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 M pneumonia or mycoplasma. Uh, we've been testing for it for many, many years. It's a very common bacteria. So, all right, so it's, it's everywhere, but the re- early reports, you know, it's like, oh, look what China's doing. They're, they're hosing down, they're containing people in those, mag- uh, those huge apartment complexes in Shanghai. They're, war- they're, they're, they're putting chemicals on the streets. People are dressed in hazmat suits. Are they overdoing it, or are they trying to send us a message, Mike? They overdid it during COVID. I mean, and if somebody was going to pick up that mantra, you know, you know Saul Linsky's book, Never Let a Crisis right. Go to Waste. That's exactly. exactly what we did here in, in the U.S., 
Um, COVID, COVID didn't need to be as bad as it was if everybody knew what we were dealing with and how to treat it. Mm-hmm. And we know now, but we knew that pretty early on. And that's kind of the point of Fauci's fiction. We knew that within the first couple months, but nobody wanted, wanted to hear it. Right. Nobody would let us report it. And if we did, we sounded like crackpots. Do you think that the, I mean, again, this is, and again, we're talking to Michael, Dr. Michael Schwartz here, who wrote Fauci's Fiction, who knows everything there is to know about the vaccination and why early testing was just sent us in the one degree in the wrong direction right from the beginning. I often talk to Mike and other people saying that we did this for political reasons and this was setting up uh, Donald Trump to fail. And, and yet, from what I'm hearing you, this isn't as bad, but do you think the left or the Democrats, whichever which way you want to describe them these days, Mike, uh, will they take advantage of this, or is it too early be- before next year's uh, a big election in November? I think you got a lot of people taking advantage of it, but I think you got a lot of people, even Republicans are calling for travel bans right now, which is a little premature. And, you know, it, it, this is not novel, okay? COVID was a little different. It was novel. And we didn't know what we were dealing with in the beginning. When we figured it out, we figured it out pretty quickly. But, you know, you, you got to give people credit uh, where it's due. And this is, this is not novel. This is not something brandy new that we don't know about. So I, we're overreacting right now. Everybody's getting a little, you know, a little crazy. And that's because of the COVID fatigue we had. And everybody's hypersensitive right. from what we just went through in the last couple of years. But not everybody thinks like Michael Schwartz. And the masses, uh, what I refer to as willful ignorance, they almost want this. I mean, we listen to what Bill Gates is saying, and I'm sure this has come up in your discussions with others. I mean, Bill Gates is essentially saying that the next COVID is going to be immeasurably worse. Uh, obviously, this isn't that, thank God. It's not a virus. It's a bacteria. It's everywhere. But do you, do you think that Bill Gates is, 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 is got something up his sleeve? Does he know something others don't? Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't have a lot of uh, respect for Bill Gates outside of what he did in creating the Microsoft Windows platform. No, a lot of people <laughs> said he stole it. Yeah. 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 Well, stealing it. Yeah. Now he's gone down the road of, you know, being a public health official and everything else, philanthropist and a lifelong liberal. Uh, or I, let's call him a libtard at, at this point, I think. Sure. You know, I, I get, you get tired of these people trying to tell you how to live and what to do and where to go, what stoves you can buy, what cars you can buy. We live in a nanny state. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess any crisis for them is a good crisis so they can exploit it. Uh, you know, I think people just want to go back to living their lives, but that takes education. We really need, I say this all the time, I say it all the time on your show, we need to mm-hmm. study what we went through. We need to have a serious conversation of what we did over the last couple of years so that we're prepared for the next thing, mm-hmm. and we don't overreact or underreact in certain situations. I mean, we, we handle it appropriately, locking down the world, uh, they're doing this in China now. Do you see they got they're they're recommending masks and lockdowns? I mean, what's next? So, you know, we're we're headed. You're right. We're heading into an election cycle, right. and everybody's hyper focused on that. Mm-hmm. I think any chance, and I hate to say this because the book is is very data driven, but if you ask my 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 opinion, I think that the left will do anything they can to go uh, to get mail-in ballots again so that they have an opportunity to influence the election. So, and again, Mike, you and I talked about this, and I know you like talking about the data. You're not a, 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 a conspiracy theorist, and I appreciate that. I respect that. But from what you just said, it sounds like you might lend your, you know, your mind to thinking that you know, the, the 2020 election, of course, was influenced by COVID-19, and it allowed the left or the Democrats to, uh, to really uh, encourage and rely on uh, mail-in balloting. That's a conspiracy theory in itself. Wouldn't you agree? Well, look, if I had my data as early as April and May of 2020, you knew the government had the same data. They were just ignoring it. Uh, they were, they were hyper-splitting this thing. I mean, we were trying to tell people, look, when you have 
19,000 patients, 4,000 positive. Not one of them uh, died, not Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And only four of them go to the hospital. It doesn't take very long. It doesn't take 4,000. It only took me a couple hundred to start telling the people at the hospital that I was working with, hey, this thing doesn't seem to be as bad as they're saying on TV. All of my patients are recovering. They're all recovering in, in due time. Uh, now, you know, long COVID is another you know, issue, and COVID is very real. Nobody's saying COVID is not real. It, it, I had it three times, and right. I felt like absolute crap. Right. So right. COVID is very real. But, it, you know, the mortality rate of COVID is, is very comparable to that of flu, and, uh, flu A. Incredible. And you wouldn't shut the world down if you had a bad flu season, but we went absolutely crazy when COVID came out. Let me ask a question. And by so, the way, not, not okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. Go ahead. I was going to, I was just going to answer your question. You know, I didn't, the book isn't data driven. The book is totally data driven. doesn't have one political opinion in it. I just, I derive the data so that people can make up their own minds. If you ask me my opinion of, you know, what I think now after what I know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of obvious that they exploited. I think people understand that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're, you're starting to see the issues from the vaccines. That's the next book. I'm getting so much information about these vaccines. It's incredible. Now doctors are reporting the numbers are actually showing more deaths from the vaccines right. than there were from COVID as we as exactly. we uh, change the COVID numbers. Not to mention, uh, how how impressed or, or what, what type of weight do you consider the reports that we got from Israel, particularly when it came to men 18 to 49? I don't know what they called it, but I call them the Israeli reports, the data after the vaccination, after 2021, when the whole world got vaccinated, including Israel. Did, did you look at those findings? Did, did they surprise you? Did anything pop out there, Mike? No, and I, I didn't, and I hate that I can't answer the question concisely, but I will tell you this. I didn't do that for a reason. I didn't look at a lot of other reporting for a reason. I had my own data, and I didn't want to skew it. I, I wanted hmm. to look at our data from what we saw, uh, you know, very, uh, just, you know, having an open opinion to say, what, 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 do, uh, what do my patients tell me? What do we see on the ground? Um, so I didn't, I didn't really, you know, delve into everybody doing different things. You would hear, you know, certain countries would vaccinate everybody before the pandemic. Like, I think it was, uh, not Australia. Was it, um, the Kiwis down there? Mm-hmm. What, what am I missing? Uh, well, so was, well Russia, Russia claimed they had a vaccination before we did, but I can't take their word for it. But nonetheless, you're probably right about the other nations. I remember Putin claiming mm-hmm. they had a vaccination before Pfizer did. But well, there were certain countries that mass, mass vaccinated everybody, and it did not, you know, it didn't make a, a dime's worth of difference. And that's kind of the, the point. I mean, we didn't recommend the vaccine because it, it didn't work. And, you know, quite frankly, you just didn't need it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't keep you from catching COVID. It doesn't make the symptoms less. Mm-hmm. And now you're seeing all these people with vaccine issues. I, 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 did I mention the data that um, uh, Dr. Jancy Lindsay uh, told me on Stillborn Burst? Did we talk about that? No, we did. Oh, if we did, if we did, but uh, go ahead, uh, mention it again. I, I doubt we did, though, Mike. Go ahead. 30 years worth of data, 30 years of data related to stillborn births uh, relating to vaccines. And if you look at the data in a, in, a, in a chart for 30 years, it was 25 or less. In 2021, there were 3,600 reported. In 2022, 1,600. That data alone should blow your mind. And mm-hmm. when, you can't, when it's right in front of you and you see things like what we see now mm-hmm. as far as the aggressive cancers, cancer in young people, the amount of lymphoma, mm-hmm. the amount of rare cancers that we see, especially in young people. And I'm talking about aggressive people going to the hospital for something else. All of a sudden they find out they're in stage three, stage four. Uh, that's the stuff that has, we've never seen in the healthcare community before, but we're seeing now. And it's all after everybody's been mass vaccinated. I mean, the data is out there, folks. All you got to do is look it up. Now you're starting to hear a little bit about it. But the masses, the White House, they'll never talk about this. They, they, they had a narrative. 
They're going to stick to it. Right. They don't want to talk about what's going on now because it doesn't make them look so good. And again, we get right back to uh, you know Bill Gates and others, and and, and the real conspiracy theory theorists uh, cons- think rather that the vaccination has set us up to fail, which is why we have sudden death syndrome. And we have you know uh, websites and and Facebook pages, Twitter pages dedicated died suddenly, uh, and, and even the insurance companies that and those are the underwriters that have to keep up with that. That has to be accurate. They're not going to make that stuff up. But it looks like a lot of people since the spring of 2021 are just suddenly dying. And, and, and Mike, you, you just stated it yourself. It, it has something to do with the vaccination. Did you hear that? Sure, you brought up the insurance companies. That one insurance company report, they were just reporting. They weren't hypothesizing. They just said, we're telling you what we're seeing in our data. They had a 40% increase in deaths between people 18 to 65. Now, 40%, you got to put that in perspective. And when asked to put it in perspective, they said that would be a 200-year event for that insurance company. That's incredible. So there, there are numbers that are blowing people's minds, uh, and, and people are still rushing out to get these things. That's what drives me nuts. I go on airplanes every week, and there's still people in masks. Yeah. It absolutely drives me insane. They must be not listening to your show. <laughs> uh, they, they must be watching. <laughs> You know what channel they're watching, uh, Glenn. It's it's kind of sick. Mob mentality, and you and I talked about this a couple, just last week, I believe, with regards to Hamas and Israel. It is mob mentality. And I'll add one more thing. Our own congressman, one of the congresspeople up here, that's Elise Stefanik, was speaking to the three presidents of very well-known schools, including Harvard, uh, uh, Penn University, and I forget the other, might have been Princeton. All three women essentially just would not answer her very basic questions about the standards uh, and the decorum on, the, on, on each of the campuses in relation to uh, uh, abusing you know, people on campus, uh, either Jewish, w- uh, black, or whichever. And she wouldn't answer any of the questions. And my theory is, is that she has to speak in both sides of her mouth, the president, that is, of the school, uh, because she has to kowtow to the majority of people that don't want her to kowtow to Israel and their needs. Do you see it that way? I look at it like they look at the majority of the campuses uh, today, uh, the student body, Actually, are anti-Israel. That therefore, they they can't they can't you know speak out and say what what is being said about uh, Jewish students on campus is wrong. Uh, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's nuts. And woke mentality has taken over. I say the silent majority should all band together. I own a couple companies. I say we all get together. And if I ever get an applicant from Harvard, from UPenn, or MIT, I'm going to MIT qualify right. just based on where they went to school at this point. If I know what kind of mentality they're being taught mm-hmm. while they're at these schools. Uh, you know, the standards, these, these, we have these visions in our mind that Ivy League and whatever. Right. Colleges has, I, college is overrated at this point. It's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I get college applicants all the time, and they think that when they have a degree, they know everything. And this just, this just goes to show you where that mentality is coming from. It is really sick. Um, um, I, 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 you know, we all sympathize with what's going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. You know, I talked about where these people are coming from, but they always get the story in the middle. They never get it. From the start, they don't understand their history. They pick up a mantra and they run with it, right. and it's really sick. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like an episode of Three's Company. It's one big misunderstanding, and they love the fact that they have it wrong. They just want to be part of that mob mentality, the cool side. And, and to me, at least, Mike, I'm just speaking on my own behalf. It's the beginnings of a race war. It's really not as much as anti-Israel. It's just the start to uh, color versus color. Just a theory, Mike. Just a theory. One more thing I got to tell uh, say about you: you are the Dutch boy that instead of warning the people that the dam has got a crack in it, uh, Mike. You're telling people that, no, the dam doesn't have a crack in it. You think it has a crack in it. Does, is that a good assessment of what you do, Mike? 
Well, if there was a crack in it, I'd let you know. I think we have a crack in, in the government right now. I think we have a crack in the media right now. Big I think time. That, uh, and and it's, it's, it, we're not going to be able to plug those. We're going ha- to have to find alternate routes. And that's, that's where you, you know, your show comes in and, and other folks getting their, their message from alternate sources. You, you just can't trust what's being said mm-hmm. by you know, uh, the, the, the press secretary, the president, and uh, CNN anymore. It's just not the same. There's, there's a mantra. They, they cater to their audience. And uh, it's all about money and power. I mean, I think everybody knows that in politics. Everybody's sick of it. Right. But, you know, you know, Republicans, conservatives got to remember your vote does count. Mm-hmm. If we don't vote because we don't think it, it counts anymore, uh, then we've lost the, the, you know, the race already. We need to get out there and, and, and uh, show ourselves in masses. Yeah, I just hope that after midnight, I, I sing that song, after midnight, that's, that, that rings, resonates in my head, Mike, on Election Day, because a lot of, nothing good happens after midnight, especially on Election Day. That's the new moniker of the, of the, of the century since after November 2020. Now, Mike, when people uh, want to order your book, Fauci's Fiction, or anything you've written, how can one do that, Mike? Amazon. Amazon is still censoring it, uh, but it's available everywhere. Amazon's the easiest place to order it. Uh, please pick it up. It is a great read. It's a great uh, gift for Christmas. It fits right in the stocking. I just I saw that on saw Facebook. That yeah, yeah, I saw that. Was that was very clever, very clever. But I did that. I, I do it for a reason, Glenn. I want people to understand this, so they're not freaked out. They're not wearing masks. They're not, you know, scared of something. They 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 have a handle on this thing. So it's really going to teach you a lot about uh, this and preparing for the next thing to come. Well, you're doing a spectacular job, and I'm glad that you uh, offered uh, uh, your advice today and called in on this Live at Five show because you're, you're in... Uh you know, a lot of people contacted you, and, and uh, there's, there's a lot of respect for Dr. Michael Schwartz, and, uh, and I'm sorry about Amazon uh, uh, censoring you to some degree, uh, but that's not a surprise by any means. But one, one final note, Jeff Bezos' staff at Washington Post is on strike. They want to work from home, so they claim they're not being paid enough down there in Washington, D.C. So the richest man in the world apparently is a cheapskate, so there you have it. Same guy who owns Amazon, of course. Well, great, Mike. Listen, it's at work, people. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and all of them just look like hippies for, uh, with no, with no cause whatsoever. Mike, you have a great weekend, and thanks again for the phone call today on the Live at Five show. My pleasure. Thank you, thank sir. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate Th- it. Yes, thank you. That's uh, Dr. Michael Schwartz here on the Live at Five show. Someone's been waiting for a long time. It's probably Jason. Yes, it is. It's Jason uh, Trainer. Jason, what's happening today? Yeah, I, I'm not going to be long, Glenn. <laughs> um, you made me thinking about that county clerk. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's the point I want to make. If she's making between sixty, eighty thousand dollars or more, oh my God, with her benefit, right? New York State, in New York City, has a lot more people, of pensions, retirement. If you add all that together, I think the voters should vote if she deserves a pay raise. All right, J- 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 Jason. J- Jason. Jason. You're running for city council. You're talking about a separate county issue. And granted, it's, it's okay, you don't always have to talk about city issues. But how in the world do you think that this should be put up to a referendum uh, to the city or the, or the well, county ta- uh, taxpayers to determine well, what? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Let me, let me compare her to Cliff Only. Uh-huh. Let's say Cliff Only, the terrible job that he's done. Ah. Does, city he, this size. he asks for a pay rate. Um, should we give him one? Well, if you know, if it's his primary source of income, yeah, might as well. I don't think those guys get paid enough, um, honestly. Honestly, well, I, I think well, they should have a pay raise. Well, another thing is, Cliff wants the the public pay for a lawyer, right? So, a free ride. If we don't put our costs under control as a city, as a county, because the county's sitting on one hundred twenty million dollars, right? Someday. 
120 million dollars to be gone. Someday this city is going to be cutting some services and the luxury items that people have voted for. Right. I rather have financial responsibility, fiscal responsibility, and not give people a gotcha. free ride. If gotcha. you deserve a pay raise, he's running for city councilor. Yeah, and you. Uh, take your county. All right, all right. And Jason, and uh, by the way, if this was the hotline show, you already, Jeff would already have hung up on you. No, just kidding. Anyway, all right, Jason, we love you to death. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you later, okay? Too good. All right, thanks. See, I always wait for people to say goodbye. I'm not Laura Ingram. All right, so, uh, oh, the, the big news that I failed to talk about yesterday because I was waiting for Congresswoman uh, Claudia Tenney to reach out. And I got distracted today. I'm sorry for Dr. Michael Schwartz. I, I was already, I had everything here. Blah, blah, blah. I knew he was calling early. But the Ryan O'Neill thing, uh, 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 you know, captured my attention. But uh, two days ago, or was it yesterday? yesterday? No, two days ago, I got a letter from our uh, New York State Senator, Mr. Mark Walzik, who has is, uh, sent out personal letters, uh, a special arrangement to all of his constituents, at least most of them, uh, and letting people know that uh, he is uh, being called to duty. Because remember, he is uh, part of the Army Reserves. And he's, he's, a great, he's a great patriot. And uh, I believe uh, Mark, if I'm not mistaken, is the father of two children now. He resides here in Watertown. Uh, works out of Albany, uh, XYZ months out of the year. He's moved up the ranks from uh, city council person, where he also, I think, missed time there too. And meetings when he had to do his uh, reserve duties. Um, but to now, as a as a, a New York State senator, uh, he is going to be. I don't know how long it's going to take. I didn't read all the details, but I just want to say that is uh, one heck of a patriot we have there, uh, running uh, our our district as uh, New York State senator. And he is, in the terms of a, a well known businessman on Court Street, he is a badass, and I mean that as a flattering means of of complimenting Mark. Because uh, not only does he uh, represent uh, the North Country and conservative values in Albany, which is very difficult in recent years, but he also represents the country as, uh, as, as a soldier of the United States Army. And uh, he's called to duty, and I believe he's going to the Mideast, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so we wish him well. He hasn't left yet, I'm, I'm assuming. And by the way, if, uh, if Senator Wolzik is available uh, before he leaves... Maybe I could speak to his people, out to Tyler or Mike, whichever, and see if we can get our senator on before he embarks on this mission. But uh, I just want to say uh, congratulations and good luck to uh, Senator Mark Walls. Like, I wonder, you know, New York is such a blue state, and I don't want to discredit people that are in politics, whether they're Democrats or not. I don't really care, because even, even Pete Buttigieg was in the Army, and I respect that. I don't respect him as our Secretary of Transportation by any means, and, and a lot of the things that he talks about, including uh, racist bridges that were built back in the 50s and 60s during urban renewal. But I do respect the fact that uh, he, uh, he, he did service uh, in, in the United States Army. Let's go to the phone. Hi, you're in the air. Hey, Glenn. What's happening? Hey, uh, now we're talking about Mark. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to say that he is a great guy. Yeah. My wife passed away three weeks ago. Oh, oh wow. I'm so actually, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Your wife passed away three weeks ago? Yes. I'm very sorry for you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yeah. Died of congestive heart failure. And but Mark remembered me from the city. Yeah. And he actually sent me a letter. 
Mm-hmm. And you know how much that means for a state senator mm-hmm. to send you a letter? It's, it's huge. There's no doubt. It's something, it's something I would, honestly, I would, I would put it in a frame, but that's me. But, uh, well, I'm, how, if, can, that's can I, the kind of guy he is. Yes, of course. Let me ask. He's the Jim Brett of uh, the uh, New York State uh, Senator. Uh, can I ask how old your wife was, if you don't mind me? Seventy. Oh, she was young. Yep. And uh, this is this. Oh, that's awful. Um, you have family support. You have friends. You have people coming over. All that stuff. Well, I'm pretty much by myself, but I have a lot of friends in Watertown. The fire department's been very good to me. And you have children. Brothers are always there. Children. Uh, lives in South Carolina. Okay. All right. Uh, but that's a well, loss. My daughter came home. Yeah, my yeah. Son and grandson came home for the funeral. I'm heading down there for Christmas. Oh, God bless you. That's going to be a heck of a Christmas. So let me ask you. This is a big change in your life. You're up in, you know, you're at that point in your life where you could do whatever you want. You're going to stick around here? Or you're going to move to the Carolinas with your kids? I have no friends in the Carolinas. I have all my friends up here. Okay, I understand. I own my house. All right. I don't want to start over at 8.5% interest <laughs> on buying a new house. Right. You sell your house up here and you buy a, a condo for $275,000 with uh, 40000 down on, on whatever savings you have. and then and, Exactly. Yeah, unless you buy it outright, but you you know no one wants to do it that way. Then, then all of a sudden you have a new beginning at an older age. I, I, I agree with you, my friend. Yeah. I really do. Um, well, I am, I am no, deep. It was very yeah. special that Mark sent me that letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, it's, you know, what sucks about, and I've said this before. I, hopefully, I won't piss uh, our Senator Walzik off. But you know, he's a good guy. He obviously represents good values, conservative values, even more so than the Rockefellers did back in the '60s and '70s. Essentially, a liberal-minded, you know, uh, red, uh, administration back in the day. That's why they called them uh, um, Rockefeller Republicans. But in, in, in Mark's case, he's old school Reagan uh, type of uh, Republican. And, and unfortunately, as good as he is and as, as much of a patriot he is, and I've said this before, he can never run this state as governor like Hochul or, for that matter, Gillibrand or Schumer because he is a good conservative. And, and that, to me, is, sucks. <laughs> but uh, yep. anything could change. The world can change. I don't see that happening. Unfortunately, I see things getting worse. <laughs> And um, and the power people, you know, the Democrats have the Beltway and everyone on their side. So, uh, and uh, and Albany is no exception. So, so uh, but at that said, you and I know that Mark is a good man. It should be in a higher place one day. But you'll never forget that letter that he sent you. No, I won't. Well, listen. God bless you, and I'm sorry for your loss, my friend. Thank you. I'll talk to you I soon. That. No, no problem. Anytime. Have a good weekend. That's uh, that's a tough thing. Needless to say, death is so uncompromising. There's no argument to it. And I, I shudder, you know, losing a loved one. My wife, obviously. I mean, I'd be a train wreck. But uh, I, I feel for that man. Right now, i got to do a commercial break, and we'll be back right after this. Here at Core Life Eatery, we're going bananas over our new... 2004. Ah, welcome back. Welcome back. All right, so if you want to ch- chime in, by all means, we got about uh, 19 minutes left in today's show. Thanks also uh, earlier in the show. If you missed it, Dr. Uh, Michael Schwartz called in talking about the new bacteria or pneumonia strain uh, that uh, apparently is everywhere but seems to be fueled once again. I'm talking on my own behalf, by the way, 
uh, by our friends in China. China, very China. China is always, always, you know, basically every plague came out of China. Everyone, the bubonic plague, you know, the black plague, whatever, which way you want to refer to it, came to Europe by way of the Mediterranean through uh, Sicily and uh, scores of others. And uh, more recently, obviously, uh, the Wuhan uh, virus, uh, Hong Kong flu back in 1969. It's just, uh, it's, it's a messy place. It's always been a messy place. And, um, but it's a convenient factor, it seems, at least in America, every four years. Let's uh, hope this one doesn't proliferate into what happened four years ago, almost, you know, back in 2020. Hi, you're in the air. How you doing, Glenn? What's happening? I'd just like to give my condolences out to the code enforcement guys, and God bless them, and I'm yeah. sorry for his loss. Mm-hmm. And I would also like to thank, uh, I lost my uncle last month. Uh, he was a city DPW worker. He worked uh, as a mechanic. And I was really impressed, and my family was impressed, with the turnout, all the firemen that were on shifts in the city, all showed up there with mm-hmm. the fire trucks and stuff. All, there was police officers in the city that showed up, mm-hmm. DPW workers that showed up, and my family would like to thank all of them for showing up and showing their support. What, what was your uncle's name? Uh, Curtis Mahan. Yeah. And what did he pass up? Was it? Uh, with his lungs and stuff, he was a Vietnam vet. He did two tours in Vietnam, and he did a tour over there as a civilian. Do you think and, that might have had something to do with it then? I mean, I he, was, he was an older gentleman. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to pry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't ask. But I don't know. I just get curious. You know, when I hear someone like a, a young woman, like 70, 71 years old, that's my wife's age. It's, it's concerning. Uh, you know, the, 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 one of the guys uh, on the Howard Stern show, uh, Ralph Sorella, 58 years old, died on the operating table. And of course, yeah, Stern, you, were talking, you were just talking about that. At yep. the beginning of the show, I heard that. Yeah, and Stern said, well, he didn't take care of himself. And others suggest that maybe it had something to do with the vax. Maybe Stern didn't take care of him enough because he's a cheap bastard, despite the fact he's a billionaire. I don't say anymore. Maybe I shouldn't say anything. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor by any means. But it's, it's, all, it's, it's weird. We, we got too many people dying too, uh, at a young age, whether it's yep. Agent Orange or. Vaccine's got a lot to do with it. I, I agree with that, Doctor. I never. I always said there's something fishy and something wrong with this whole entire thing, and I never got my vaccine. I said I'm not doing it. Right. Anyways. I worked in the medical field and stuff, and I think I know who the code guy is from working for Guilfoyle and stuff all the years I worked for them. Right. But I think I know who he is, yeah. and my condolences to him. Yeah. And it'll be eight years for me now on New Year's Day that my wife died. Jeez. So I can relate to him. God bless him, and I hope he's hanging in there. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm sorry for your loss as well, my friend. All right, Glenn. All right, I'll talk to you. Bye. See ya. Hi, you're on the air. Dallas. Oh, you're not on the air. I don't know what's going on. I, sometimes the phone gives up on itself, so someone's going to be chiming in here any second. But until then, uh, some poignant stories here. Loss of life, loved ones. Stuff. Not easy. Cry all you want. I don't care. It's, it's, if, the, if you're going to cry, you got to cry over a loved one. And that's get it out. That's what life's all about. That's why we have love. We don't have enough of it. Got people tearing down posters in Midtown Manhattan and other people saying you should burn in hell. What kind of nonsense is that? 
it, it's so disgusting what's going on. It truly, truly is. And then you get, you know, you get guys, including my boss, says, oh, I don't want to talk about politics. Well, it's, it's got a lot to do with politics and culture and the divide, the willful divide. A lot of people, and I've said this before, I think some, I think it was Tenny, one of, a, a Congresswoman Tenny's assistant came in here, and I just told him flat out, young kid, inspiring kid, wants to learn politics, blah, blah, blah. I said, you know what? There's people that want to be on both sides of an issue. People just want to hate each other. And she kind of looked at me like, who's this guy? I said, it's the truth. We want to take sides. If 9-11 happened tomorrow, half the country would be jumping up and down. Oh, we had it coming to us. 22 years ago, that was a disgrace. We, we pointed at the people in North Paramus, New Jersey, said, how could you do that? Just because you're, uh, you're Muslim or you're from an Arab nation, you shouldn't want that to happen to the, the greatest country in the world, the country that you now reside in. We knew that that was, that was, that was a small major, minority of a minority of minority. And, and but we were still, you know, uh, flabbergasted by it. But today, if it happened today, oh, my God, be jumping up and down. If something happened to Donald Trump, whether he was our ex-president or our president, whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's an institution. You know, when, when, when Rosalind Carter died at, what, 97 the other day, I was saddened by that. Because she represents the presidency of the United States. And I always, always liked it, by the way. I can't stand when, when, when Sean Hannity puts on that, that medley of, of you know, uh, and he does it again and again. I know, he's, I know this guy's got to fill in three hours. Then he does another hour every night at 9 o'clock on Fox. But he keeps playing and saying the same thing. That medley he does of, of President Joe Biden, you know, just not knowing what, what's to say next. They're playing sad piano music underneath it. It's disgusting. It doesn't make it look any better, Sean. The roofer worked in a roof. He put up a roof like, what, for three weeks? Worked as a, as, as a busboy for, for a couple of hours? We're supposed to feel sorry for you? What are you, nuts? Anyway, I got off the beaten path here. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, you're in the air. Mayor, on, or mayor. Yeah, <laughs> seven five five. Well, on your guess, sir. Yeah. Uh, that respiratory illness that's running amok in China. Yeah. There's no evidence that it, it came from China in this country. Really? I okay. I I, I was reading it. That did. Or I, didn't I did. I did. I did. He said it's everywhere. I said that. No, it isn't. It's not in this this country. Uh, what I understand, Massachusetts and Ohio, it is a form of pneumonia, but it's mostly children. Right, right. That are, but there's no evidence that this is the same thing that came over hmm. on COVID-19, I don't believe. Well, it. no, no, I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that there was imagery, uh, like video and pictures, of them hosing down, you know, uh, in, in, in relation to this, to, to this pneumonia. Uh, so, no, that, that, and again, it's, it's, it's probably worldwide. I'm not, you know, I shouldn't have said it came from there, but it wouldn't surprise me, that's all. No, no evidence of it at this time. Hmm. Okay. But I, I, I have no doubt COVID-19 was a Chinese issue. Yeah. And uh, we never called him on it, of course. No. Well, John Stewart did, and then he's been Very ostracized. No politician did. Yeah. That I remember. Well. Mr. Trump did. Trump did. hammered for it. Shoulders down. Right. Oh, you're a, you're a racist. Right. Xenophobe. That's the yeah. new, yeah. I didn't Common know what a xenophobe, yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, remember what uh, 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 Governor Andrew Cuomo referred to it as? He called it the European virus. Remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, hopefully this won't... Uh... Do you think Andrew Cuomo should come back into politics? No. Oh, no. Once a pervert, always a pervert. And, and what, wait, so I guess, you know... Once and that... the next con, always the next con. And then Once we... a child molester, 
I was a child, you know. Yeah. Go on and on. Well, I don't think Andrew Cuomo was a child molester, but nonetheless, uh, I think he screwed everything that with two legs on it. I'm not, hmm. you know, harassing his people. No, that's power. very arrogant, man, Glenn. Smart yeah. guy. Yeah. Very smart guy. I'm not going to take, but uh, I don't know if he was morals in the garbage pan. Right. This guy. Right. Hmm. And uh, what I called, jeez, I forgot what I. Oh, I called about Ryan O'Neill, man. Yes, yes, the movie guy. You got to talk about him. Uh, Paper Moon was yeah. one of the best uh, movies I've seen. Uh, very good movie. You've seen it, Glenn? Yes, I'm I sure have. You have. Of course. Yeah, Randy Quaid's in it. Movie. Yeah. Madeline Kahn, I believe, won a, uh, an award for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tatum uh, O'Neill. No, Tatum O'Neill. Didn't she win? Uh, Tatum won. Yeah. 1973, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Black and white. Mm-hmm. You just don't see movies like that anymore. And by the way, Hinman from uh, uh, from uh, Magnum P.I., he was in it, too. The guy from St. Louis. The guy that ran the uh, Hawaiian... You know who directed that, Glenn? Uh, Peter Bondanovich. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. had a hot streak at that time. He did. Yeah, he did. And he went he out with uh, Star 80 seven years later. Remember that? Yeah, very good uh, director. Last Picture Show, you yeah, remember last, that? Yeah, with... Uh, duh. What's one the one the from... Richard's Moon Brothers, Moon? I believe. Yeah. No, he was he was an ins- and he loved he was good friends with Stanley Kubrick and and he was he was a new player in an yep. old field of directors but he 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 was from the same school of thought. What's up, Doc? I believe with Streisand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? It's funny you should bring that up. I I uh, I was looking up Michael Saracen. Do you remember him? Yes, from, I do. For Pete's sake, um, he he was a good looking Frenchman. Oh, actually, he was French Canadian. Yeah, he was a good actor, six foot two. Blonde. All the girls loved him because he had those puppy blue eyes. Right. And he, he was in a movie called. Uh, it wasn't What's Up Doc, but it was like. Oh, what was that? Now I'm forgetting the name of it. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, he was fam- his famous role was they shoot horses, don't they? Uh, with uh, uh, Jane Fonda. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I thought he died a young man, but in fact he didn't. He died back in 2011. He was like seventy something years old, which is young. But yeah. uh, but when Another you mentioned movie that, I liked uh, Tatum in was uh, one of my favorite movies, Bad News Bears. Oh yeah, Glenn. he's inc- she's incredible in that. Yeah, just a great movie. If nobody's seen it, yeah. If you coached at a little league, you know where I'm coming from. Oh yeah, great Vic Morrow. So uh, the the Playing one a total, uh, you know why on y- the other side. Of the- and he played Vic Morrow was perfect oh, at that. Geez. Yeah, yeah. But the one scene that really gets me, I saw it not that long ago. I saw it over the summer. Bad News Bears, the original, and not the one with Greg. The original, yeah. So. 1976. 1976. Walter Matthau. They made uh, another two. One with Curtis. Yeah, Tony Curtis. uh, Yeah. Yeah, the bad news. William Devane, Wayne? Uh, Yeah, William Devane was in one. Tony Curtis going to Japan, whatever. It wasn't very good. No, they're never good. Other than Superman 2 and Godfather 2, there are no other sequels that are equal to, if not better than the original. That's all there is to it. But uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, but nonetheless. Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. Yes, the one scene where he's arguing with uh, Tatum O'Neill in the dugout, right. and he throws a, he splashes beer at her. He throws the whole can of beer at her? Yep. That's, that's the most compelling acting I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, he throws that beer right at a 12-year-old kid. <laughs> and you don't yeah. see that today. Oh, that was a great movie. And the way Vic Morrow was to his... And by oh. the way, Vic Morrow's son was the kid that played little Eddie, not in The Monsters, but in The Courtship of Eddie's Father. Did you know that? Is that right? That's no, I him. Didn't know that. That's him. Yeah, the the bully. Wow. He was a bully. Yeah, he was, he played a good role there. And now, then I coached in the uh, midget league, and we had a guy like that in the midget league that chewed it. He chewed his son right out on the field. Yeah, yeah. And back then, he probably believe. slapped him. Eight yeah. years old, maybe. We're talking about. Yeah, they're living their lives through their kids. They still are. Yeah. 
They still. And by the way, again, it's, someone's going to you know beat me up for saying this, but I'm so you know. And I say, oh, a coach, you know, he had a legacy of thirty. He coached the team for thirty-five years. That's way too long. You shouldn't be coaching a high school team for thirty-five years. What are you nuts? That's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. That and it's well, I did it for the kid. No, you did it for yourself. Don't tell me different. Now they're going to name the field after you, and after you leave, they're going to have a coach every five years because they'll never let that happen again. Trust me. And no oh, one would want to coach time. thirty we years had a good anyway. Time with it, yeah, I know, I know. And I'm being, uh, I'm not being a good sport during the holiday season. That's for yeah. sure. Well, but, he was a good actor, Ryan O'Neill. He was good-looking dude. Oh, uh, drunk though. The Sparrow for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. Very sick girl toward the end. Yeah, yeah. She went through a lot. Yeah, she did. But she was the number one pinup for. Uh, I didn't think she was only on that one show for one year. One year, one season. That was I it. I thought she was on longer, but I was wrong. I get it mixed. I get her mixed up because at the same time, uh, Three's Company was on, and Chrissy, which was played by the late great, um, what's her name? She just passed away. Boy, yeah, my mind. Susan Summers. Susan, I think Susan, she Susan. was only on one year. No, she was on a couple years. Was she? Yeah, a couple years. Yeah, that was a good show. I like John. Ritter. But, and, but yeah, but once she left the show, the show sucked. Because they couldn't get someone as good yeah, as her. it wasn't the same show. You're absolutely right. It just goes to show, and you know this, at Andy Griffith show, when Don Knotts left, the Andy Griffith show, the ratings tanked. Now, yeah, not the same show. wasn't the same show. And interestingly enough, when Norman Fell left Three's Company with his wife, who I loved, by the way, the Ropers, then they had their own show, which lasted by three weeks, uh, Don Knotts took over, and the show just got better. So Don Knotts was a complete home run when it comes to TV. Very People love Don banana. Knotts. One thing about Griffith, uh, yeah. Glenn, when his show went off, was the top two shows in the country. Was it really? Yes, it was. Oh, oh so, so the ratings really weren't adversely affected as much as I just described. Well, 1968, I think, is the last. It went eight years. But when he went off the air, he quit the show. It was a top two or three program in the country. Just like Mary Tyler Moore. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't tell you anybody in... TV today. I don't know any of these people. The shows just aren't as funny. No, no, no. The shows are awful. And there's no movies on normal TV anymore. You got to go up to, uh, you know, some some crappy station or app that you never heard of just to watch a movie from like 30 yeah, years ago. Uh, they nominated the movie by Scorsese for I don't know even know what it's about to be honest. With oh you. yeah, the new one about uh, yeah uh, yeah uh, yet another movie with Robert De Niro, uh, oh, DiCaprio. God. Uh, I mean, come on! Can't you just be a little bit more have diverse to have than a that? System. I have to have a, a gay. Oh my in God! It. I have, to have a colored person in it. Yeah, but it's There's the same people. In the movies, just tick the Oscars and stick it. Don't yeah. even worry about it anymore. And and we should not have a nom- uh, ten best picture nominees. That's 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 oh, ridiculous. Correct. It should be five, and that is it. Ten. What's right, the matter with you? Yeah, you're right on that. Glenn. Oh, it drives me mental. Okay, All right, Glenn. thank you, my friend. Thank you. That's our movie friend. Here on the Live at Five show, we got about three and a half minutes left. If you want to chime in, I'm in. I'm in just one of those moods. We have our uh, duh, holiday auction tomorrow, and uh, 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 Jim's been doing this now for oh geez, I'm going to say at least 13, 14 years now. Where we and we do it every every Friday. We have a weekly auction every Friday where we have a lot of items, particularly gift, gift cards at, at restaurants, uh, where you could buy them at half price. And uh, it's a great way for small businesses to get the word out, not just with commercial advertising in exchange for the value of what we sell at half price, but just the actual holiday auction itself. So when you listen to a community broadcaster station tomorrow, starting at around 9 o'clock until, I can't remember what it goes to, 3 o'clock, I can't remember. But it's all day, essentially. 
Uh, you will hear all the pri- all the stuff that we literally are giving away at half price. One of them, and I'm just going to throw this out there, is a snowplow, a snow dog snowplow from our friends at Gilco up in uh, up in Lafargeville. It's a $5,600 with install. That's the installation of your plow. And if you're in that business or if you own property and you need a new plow as opposed to spending $5,600, you can get it at half price. And that's tomorrow. Many other things, of course. Uh, we have grills. Watertown Appliance gave us two incredible grills. One of them is a Weber grill. So you don't have to you know, sell your grandmother's gold teeth to Johnny Spisano to buy one. You could buy one tomorrow. You could buy one tomorrow. Remember, that was uh, Duffman's favorite, <laughs> favorite commercial. When, when, you know, whenever gold is up through the roof, Johnny you know, goes into a hotel room and start, starts selling you know, and starts buying uh, you know, grandma's teeth. And one of the commercials, which he did, it was a clever commercial. And, and that's no surprise because Johnny makes clever commercials. But the one guy goes, uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, yeah, I got enough money to buy myself a Weber grill. <laughs> and so tomorrow you could buy a Weber grill at half price. We also have another grill, which is also acts as a smoker. We got from Watertown Power Sports, uh, uh, Watertown Planets, excuse me. We got a generator from Watertown Power Sports. Uh, but uh, the uh, the other grill we have actually works with your computer, so you could tell Hal Nine Thousand to cook yourself up a steak and egg, and and uh, you could just walk away and you know whatever. Watch a watch watch a Ryan O'Neill movie. <laughs> Trying to keep it all together here, folks. All right, so we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Before I go, I just want to remind people. Of course, tomorrow is the uh, holiday auction starting at 9 a.m. All the stations will still play music and so forth, but it's going to be a little unorthodox. We're going to be cutting in with live cuts and uh, and asking our listeners, our valued listeners, to call in and and buy all these items. And we have hundreds of them. Literally, do this every year. No other radio station does this. Uh, it's impactful, not just obviously to the bottom line here, but more importantly to those who take advantage of half price. So that's tomorrow. Right now, I got to sign off. AM twelve forty WE ten Watertown, of course, makes this legal. But before I do this, I really want to thank uh, Doctor Michael Schwartz for calling in, and everyone, and of course, our friend, the ordinance guy who lost his wife a few weeks ago. Uh, we're saddened by that, and we we like that you shared your story. AM twelve forty WE ten Watertown. Up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Stacy Lynn. President Biden.